This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. I'm Sue from Lifeboat, and Lifeboat are promoting health and well-being, but you take in charge of your own health and well-being by using tools such as mindfulness, EFT tapping, NLP, and um, Reiki as just a few examples of the tools that we can use. I thought it would be a great idea to get on the radio and um, give out some of these tools freely to people, particularly the mindfulness and the meditation tools. Hello. So, um, interesting start to the day. I had someone lined up to interview today, and um, unfortunately um, he wasn't able to come due to some work stuff that needed to be sorted, as it is a day's holiday tomorrow, and um, he needed to sort that out. And so, okay, that's all right, last minute, but okay, we can do this. And the other thing that I'm actually doing is I'm having a bit of a a party uh, on Saturday and I've got a group of friends and we're organising this party um, together um, because we both, all three of us, sorry, not just both of us, all three of us had significant birthdays and um, thought it would be cool to do something that involved all of us. And my one friend who's really good at organising things like that and she's got the space. So um, we said, yeah, yeah, let's do that. It'll be fun. And as it started to get quite close, I I could feel that I was actually quite nervous about it. But I kind of reminded myself that the physical symptoms of nervousness is also the same as excitement. So I keep telling myself, I'm excited and not nervous. And then, of course, it starts happening that people start, you know, messaging me or whatever to say that they can't make it. So then I'm going back to, oh, no, no one's going to come. I even had a nightmare about nobody coming um, last night. Of course, lots of people are going to be there and it's going to be fine and I'm going to have a good time. But there is that sort of feeling about it. And I just sort of thought for a minute about that when, you know, people start cancelling or start changing things about how that makes us feel and for me, I have what I call these um, thinking errors and one of them is when I sort of start on that spiral almost, if you like, of a bit of negativity. I sort of deep down, like, I've realised that I actually, like, I really care about humanity and, and I really care about people so that when I think that people are letting me down perhaps and that sort of negativity thing comes in, that that brings that into question and sort of tests me a little bit on that one. And I have to sort of like look really down deep within about what that's all about. And I think a lot of that about is about my other thinking error is when I start on the negativity and then your brain, without you realising it, starts looking for where that negativity in humanity is everywhere, just for a little while if you let it. Because today, after that disappointment and a few people cancelling, I then saw a guy in a car park of of cars that were for sale 
And uh, he was like, I just saw him checking like the door handles and that. And I, first of all, the first thing I'm thinking, I wonder if he's trying to steal those cars. And then I just kind of stopped myself for a second and I thought, well, he could also be just checking the cars. He could actually be working there. And I looked a bit closer and he, he did look like he actually worked there because he kind of had like a clipboard and things. But wasn't that interesting that I had gone for that he was trying to steal those cars? So there we are, my bit of negative thinking there and, and trying to change that round, but catching it quickly so that I could look at the other alternative for that. And a good way of doing that is often if you feel yourself going to that negativity thing is to go, am I being reasonable or unreasonable in this? Or what other reasons could there be behind this? And again, this is going to bring me back to the people that were cancelling or decided that they couldn't come to my party for whatever reason. Like I said, my other thinking error is I personalise things so that when somebody cancels something or perhaps doesn't do exactly what I want them to do, I say it's because of something in me. And isn't that interesting? I think a lot of people have that tendency to do that about, so what's wrong with me or what have I done? And in actual fact, I haven't done anything and it's nothing to do with me. And for whatever reason, those people can't come. It really doesn't matter. The party's still going to go ahead. I'm still going to have a good time. And um, they've probably got a very good reason. And I'm sure that it's not something that I've done or I have said. And if it was, then maybe it's something within them. So this always makes me think about looking how those things are within me. Like, you know, where have I done that? There's plenty of time, actually, when I've cancelled something or said that I can't do something. And I'm the one that's always saying, you know, you need to look after number one first. And that really is true. And many a time I've gone, you know, if I'm going to take good care of myself, it's probably not a good idea if I go to that because I've been overdoing it. It's very rarely to do with the other person at all. It is actually something within me that's made me do that. Um, something else that I've been doing is I've been reading a really good book and, it, and it's called the, the Body Keeps the Score. And um, that's been helping me learn an awful lot about my childhood trauma particularly. And one of the things that has keeps coming up in the book, but also... I discovered in a, another talk that I was listening to. I was listening to a talk about a guy who looked at super elite athletes. And one, he dis decided to, wanted to know what it was that made a super elite athlete. So he did a data study on them and, and looked at different places where he could get information. So these weren't your athletes, you, you have your super athletes and you have your good athletes. These super elite ones were the ones that you pretty much guarantee would get a gold medal or a team that you pretty much knew was going to win. He wanted to know what was special about those. What was the, was there something they all had in common or pretty much all had in common? What he discovered was extremely interesting. He discovered that these super elite athletes, at least most of them, had suffered childhood trauma. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? While I was listening to that talk, when he got to that sentence, I'm sitting there going, great, I'm going to win a gold medal. I got quite excited about that. However, in the very next sentence, 
he said, this doesn't mean if you've had childhood trauma that you're going to get a gold medal. So then, oh, that's a bit disappointing. And then he said, also, you're still more likely to end up in jail and become an addict and all these other list of things that you're more likely to get from childhood trauma. So it seemed as though there was this group of people that ended up more likely in jail. And then you had this other group that ended up being super elite athletes. So why why was this? What was it in the athletes that made them become these super elite athletes? Well, what was discovered was when you have childhood trauma, is you lose your sense of self, really. So what had happened with the super elite athletes is they had almost become like the sport that they did. There was a a tennis player, and and I I can't quite remember her name, but she had said, what am I if I'm not a tennis player? So they make this sense of self their sport. So they fully concentrate on that, full focus, full attention on that sport. They may have discovered that they might have been quite good at a certain sport, and so they put their whole identity around that. So then if we look at what, why you're going to end up as an addict or in jail, because I guess you have no sense of self, then you're going to look round at maybe people that could influence that sense of self and make yourself like them. And this is where it clicked in me. I thought, that's what I've been doing. I looked at other people because I had no sense of self and I tended to model myself on them. Fortunately for me, is I model myself on some pretty good people, mostly. And so, therefore, I went down a slightly different path than if maybe I'd have modeled myself on some other people that were around. So I was fortunate to have some good models that I chose. Although there were times when I felt that I had veered off into that other path and I could have been influenced by some other models or or, or people, if you like. So I thought this was such a fascinating thing. This opened up so much for me that then I had to go, well, so who am I? And I think that's what we're always asking ourselves. Who actually am I? And the only way you're actually going to find that is actually start listening to yourself, listening to your thoughts, listening to your body, questioning on why you may think certain things, looking at what your thinking errors might be. Anyway, I thought that I would um, play you a song today. And this song, it's sort of about, I think it's about a relationship that's breaking up. And um, But I kind of like to think it's this part in me. There's a part in me that's saying goodbye to a part that perhaps didn't really serve me so well, but looking at a part that's coming in, that could serve me somewhat better, a a change in me, I guess. So it's like that, saying goodbye to the old, but hello to the new. And that's often what's happening, isn't it? When something goes or something moves on, we have to acknowledge that and say goodbye to that and then welcome the new, because as something ends, there's always a beginning. So listen to the song. See what it brings up for you.
I hope you like that song. I think it's just a really nice song. And um, it's kind of getting that part for me about accepting all parts of you. You know, there's some parts that we may not like too much about ourselves, but look at those parts and accept them. A lot of the time, those parts of us are what helped us survive. You know, they, they were our survival techniques, if you like, our survival things as children in high school. You know, we've used those parts of us. So acknowledge them and, and take a look at them and then you can say goodbye to them and move on to another part of you because if you acknowledge a part and then you let that part move through, then you're making room for new parts of you which can hopefully encourage you to try 
new experiences because there's heaps of things to try out there. You know, I like to think of life as being not a problem to be solved, but an adventure, you know, an adventure and an experience. And I think really that's that's what we're here for is to have these adventures and experiences. But we have to sometimes let go of things to make a little bit of room for that, I suppose. And it's like when I'm talking to people about, you know, if they want to give up something and I always say, well, that's really good that you want to give that up. But it may be just that you might want to replace it with something, especially for now. That might actually help you. You make room for something and then replace it with something else. It could be that you spend a bit more time in nature or you spend a bit more time having some quiet time by yourself, which is really important to have some time by yourself because how do you get to know yourself unless you are spending time with yourself and getting to know yourself and and being comfortable with yourself even those bits that you don't like. Like the only way that I realised is about how I can quickly go into that negativity is actually being comfortable about the fact that I looked at that guy this morning and thought that he may be stealing that car and made me look at that and go, why are you thinking that? You know, you don't learn about yourself until you actually start really dipping into those parts that you might not particularly like. And so when we've kind of that found those parts and then we've realised that maybe sometimes that we go into that fight or flight with, with things, you know. That was one of the things that I was discovering when I was reading the book, The Body Keeps the Score, that I mentioned earlier. A lot of the stuff in the book has, has actually been setting me off because it explained so well about how things were for me and how I... Um, felt as a child and and how I felt now about that you know one of the big thing things were that I couldn't remember anything and I was kind of quite harsh on myself for not remembering but once I realized that the not remembering was the thing that had helped me survive all this time that that was the thing that had kept me going that I was grateful for my younger self I suppose doing that for me you know like I survived those things because of not remembering. So don't be so hard on myself about not not remembering about them. So it was reading about other people that had had similar experiences like that, that, oh boy, that was a real like eye-opener for me. And, and I was reading a certain chapter about somebody that was explaining that so well to me. I actually sort of burst into tears while I was actually reading it and I thought oh wow that that was extremely emotional just to find out that people are going through the same thing and and that uh, it wasn't strange that I couldn't remember it you know I'd kind of thought this is weird that I can't remember but reading about other people that 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 can't remember so I needed to figure out what things then other things that maybe would make me go into that fight or fight fight or survival mode particularly and how I could pick it up like perhaps a little bit quicker and then I could do things about it so of course the first thing we really need is a lot of mindfulness so that's really paying attention to my thoughts like the guy with the car but also I've discovered that it's important to notice the physical things as well because 
often it's the physical that can you can feel first, then the thought, and then more physical stuff. But by then, you, you, you've gone completely into fight or flight, really. So I thought, well, if I could start sometimes catching maybe those physical feelings first, if I could start paying attention to them. So I kind of felt like, what does it feel like when I'm nervous? Or if I'm feeling nervous, where am I feeling that? So when I'm feeling nervous, I've discovered I sort of feel it in my solar plexus region. So when I get that feeling, and I haven't really thought, why am I feeling nervous? I go, okay, so I'm feeling nervous. What am I feeling nervous about right now? And being quite kind to myself that I'm feeling nervous. The other thing I do is I tend to hold things in my jaw. So when my jaw feels tight, I go, okay, why is my jaw feeling tight right now? What's actually going on for me? And that gives me a bit more time to catch those thoughts a little bit quicker. Ah, so I'm having that thought. Ah, yeah, I can see where that's coming from. And then the next thing is bringing in tools that can sort of slow that down a wee bit. So kind of help me not be straight into that fight or flight. And these are your things like breathing. So like a, a big breath in through the nose and out through the mouth and uh, letting go. And that's a bit like what I do on the beginning of all my meditations, isn't it? That big breath in through the nose and letting it go through the mouth and making the out breath a little longer and noticing where you feel the breath in your body. There's a good one. And the other one that I think is absolutely fantastic is actually tapping. Tapping is awesome for slowing down that fight or flight. There was lots of research done and MRI scans on people to show that tapping actually slowed down the production of cortisol, which is the thing that sends you into that fight or flight, if you like. So tapping, yeah, so how about I just teach you a little bit of tapping that you can do anytime if you would like to. So if you just take two fingers now, like your peace fingers, and you just pop them on your collarbone, it doesn't matter exactly where it is, and you just tap there very gently. Go on, give it a go. Obviously, if you're driving, perhaps not. Give it a bit of a tap now with those two fingers, your peace fingers, just on your collarbone. And I'm just going to say some words to you now. I just let it go. Everything, all the sadness, all the pain, all the worry, and any thoughts, I just simply let them go. It's safe to let it go. It's okay to let it go. I love and accept myself. I let there be light. I let there be love. And it's as simple as that. And already, that slowed down your nervous system. So you can do that, you know, maybe if you're at work or something and somebody says something to you or somebody looks at you the wrong way and you feel it, whether you feel it in your body or whether the thoughts got there, pop into the toilet or somewhere or even at your desk, just tap on that collarbone and think of those words or make up your own words, something that makes you feel calm, something that makes you calm down because I heard this guy and he said in the first beginning of his talk he said never in the history of anything has anybody ever calmed down by somebody saying calm down and that's actually really true you have to do something physical 
So like the breathing or the tapping, that can certainly help with that. So I um, I thought for the meditation today that we might just listen to some of something that came on Spotify on a random thing for me today. If you're quiet when you meditate, if you truly open your heart, just quiet your mind. Open your heart. Quiet the mind. Open the heart. How do you quiet the mind? You meditate. How do you open the heart? You start to love that which you can love and just keep expanding it. You love a tree, you love a river, you love a leaf, you love a flower, you love a cat, you love a human. But go deeper and deeper into that love. Until you love that which is the source of the light behind all of it. Behind all of it. You don't worship the gate. You go into the inner temple. Everything in you that you don't need You don't need loneliness, or you couldn't possibly be alone. You don't need greed because you already have it all. You don't need doubt because you already know. saying, I don't know, but the minute you are quiet, you find out that in truth you do know. For in you, you know. Plane after plane will open to you. was a fire, and for some of us there seem as if there are only ashes now, but when we dig in the ashes, we find one ember, and very gently we fan that ember, blow on it, it gets brighter. that amber we rebuild the fire. Hi, so that's actually called Sit Around the Fire. So if you would like to take a longer listen to that, I, I would advise you to because it's actually quite lovely um, and see what kind of things that that should bring up for you. Anyway, thank you for listening to me today. I'm sure that I'll have a, de- a guest for the next one. And um, go well, everybody. 
For all your first aid and CPR and wellbeing at work programmes and training, please contact fatco.nz. That's F A C T C O dot N Z. You can contact them at training at factco.nz or 03-365-3556. The fact is, you can save a life. Home, let me come home. Home is wherever I'm with you. Oh, home, let me come home. Home is wherever I'm with you. 